In today's brief, we'll talk about the rest of the big stories from last week while I was on the road, focusing on what happened in the Russian Federation and worldwide, as well as military tech. I'm Linnea, and today is Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief Podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news in the Russian Federation and effectively occupied Belarus. The Russian military reportedly has a goal to recruit 420,000 contract personnel by the end of 2023, and according to Russian Security Council Deputy Chairman Dmitry Medvedev, 280,000 personnel had been recruited as of September 3rd. Obviously, we have no way to independently verify those numbers. But the Yegor Gaidar Institute for Economic Policy reported that Russia's shortage of workers reached a new high of 42% in July, 7% higher than it was in April. Military recruitment isn't solely to blame for workforce shortages, though. There has also been a significant brain drain. Over a million mostly educated Russians fled the country in 2022 to avoid conscription, including more than 100,000 IT workers, for example representing 10% of that industry. The British Ministry of Defense, or MOD, intelligence update on September 12th reported that Russia has set up S-1 Pantsir air defense systems on elevated towers and ramps to bolster Moscow's protection against UAV, or drone, attacks. As with many Russian initiatives, the placement of the air defense is also likely intended to demonstrate to the public that authorities are doing something in this instance, to address the threat of drone strikes in the city. According to the Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, Russian border guards are under-equipped, lacking, quote, sufficient digital communication systems, reconnaissance and strike drones, mobile transport, and medical supplies, end quote, allegedly only able to receive necessary supplies through, quote, personal connections with Russian military units, end quote. The ISW added that the units are anxious about the possibility of Ukrainian raids across the border onto Russian territory. Further indicating that Russia values quantity over quality, Rosgvardia, that's Russia's National Guard, has reportedly been recruiting pardoned convicts who are veterans of private military company or PMC Wagner Group's penal units since August. According to Russian media outlets, recruits are selected based on the type of offense committed prior to their pardon and are not eligible for leadership positions. Tensions remain between the Russian MOD and PMC Wagner, however, with new drama surfacing in Syria. According to the ISW, the Russian MOD refused access to their airbase to Wagner personnel who were rotating back to Russia from Syria. Wagner mercenaries were ultimately able to rotate through another Syrian airbase. According to the Ukrainian Resistance Center, the Russian MOD is starting up a new PMC in an effort to poach Wagner mercenaries, in direct competition with Belarusian dictator Alexander Lukashenko's PMC, Guard Service. The biggest plot twist here? The new Russian PMC will reportedly be spearheaded by none other than the twice-disappeared ally to the former leader of PMC Wagner Yevgeny Prigozhin, General Sergei Sorovikin. Russian president-slash-dictator Vladimir Putin had a playdate with North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un at the Vostochny Cosmodrome in Amur Oblast. Fun fact, 
Amur Oblast is nearly a thousand kilometers closer to Alaska than it is to Moscow. The four-hour-long meeting was reportedly held at the remote space center because Pyongyang had shown an interest in Russia's missile and satellite technology. Speaking of missiles, Russia has likely begun stockpiling cruise missiles to use in strikes against Ukraine's critical infrastructure this winter, according to the British MOD on September 16th. Open-source data indicates that Russian forces have launched fewer air-launched cruise missiles since April, while Russian authorities have emphasized efforts to ramp up cruise missile production. Spokesman for the Ukrainian Air Force Yuri Ignat reported that Ukraine is strengthening its air defenses in preparation for potential mass attacks on critical infrastructure facilities. Another major story out of the last week is Chechen warlord and Kremlin ally Ramzan Kadyrov's alleged very poor health. Ukrainian defense intelligence spokesman Andriy Yusov reported that Kadyrov is in critical condition due to serious illnesses, saying, quote, We can confirm that he has had another severe exacerbation and has been in critical condition for the past few days, end quote. There are a lot of rumors going around, all of which sound like episode summaries for Days of Our Lives, including that Kadyrov is in a coma, didn't respond to treatment in Moscow, and may be transported to the United Arab Emirates for further treatment. We look forward to seeing what happens next. Moving on to news worldwide, Romania's foreign ministry summoned the head of the Russian mission to the country to explain why drone debris keeps turning up on Romanian territory. In a statement, Bucharest declared the presence of the debris a violation of its airspace and condemned Russia's continued attacks on Ukraine's civilian infrastructure. The Baltic states, which would be Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, banned entry to their countries for vehicles registered in Russia announcing that the affected individuals, quote, are not welcome here to enjoy the privileges freedom has to offer until Ukraine has achieved victory, end quote. The move came after the European Commission clarified a guidance on the transport of vehicles from Russia to include personal as well as commercial uses. The European Parliament adopted a resolution on September 13th identifying Belarus as a so-called satellite state of the Russian Federation whose leadership is, quote, an accomplice to Russia's war crimes. The resolution also calls for sanctions against Belarus that would mirror the sanctions imposed against Russia due to the full-scale invasion. The head of Sputnik Moldova news agency, Vitaly Denisov, was expelled from Moldova last week and is alleged to be a senior-serving intelligence officer in the Russian Main Intelligence Directorate, or GRU. For some background, Denisov lived in Ukraine until the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991. As a cadet attending the Lviv Higher Military Political School at the time, he refused to take an oath of allegiance to Ukraine and moved to Moscow. Self-declared businessman and comic book villain Elon Musk stated last week that he did not interfere with a Ukrainian attack on the Russian Black Sea Fleet last fall because Starlink hadn't established service in Crimea anyway. Then, on the 11th, he shifted slightly, saying that his reported disruption of the Starlink communications network does not make him a traitor, since the U.S. hasn't declared war against Russia, saying, quote, I am a citizen of the United States and have only that passport. If anyone is treasonous, it is those who call me such, end quote. A few members of the U.S. Senate aren't buying it, though. 
Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren called for an investigation into Musk's company SpaceX, which manages the Starlink satellite network, and for the U.S. Defense Department to look into its contractual relationship with the company and with Musk. Quote, Congress needs to investigate what's happened here and whether we have adequate tools to make sure foreign policy is conducted by the government and not by one billionaire. End quote. Chairman of the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, Rhode Island Senator Jack Reed, reported that the committee has started looking into it and that reports about the use of Starlink have uncovered, quote, serious national security liability issues, end quote. Musk is not without fans, though. Russian president-slash-dictator Putin spoke quite highly of Musk at the Eastern Economic Forum, calling him a, quote, outstanding person and a, quote, talented businessman. The situation with Armenia and Azerbaijan has gotten hot, with Armenia beginning joint military exercises with the U.S. to prepare Armenian forces to take part in international peacekeeping missions, the Russian MOD accusing Armenia of taking, quote, unfriendly steps, and Azerbaijan jumping in with both feet and shelling the Nagorno-Karabakh region populated by ethnic Armenians. Russia asked for a ceasefire, but having refused to come to Armenia's aid against Azerbaijan in 2022, it doesn't seem like they're being taken very seriously. According to Azerbaijan, Armenia has stationed military units in the region, and Azerbaijan has demanded that all Armenian military in the area surrender and give up their weapons, and the local governing body in Nagorno-Karabakh be dissolved. Armenia denies having a military presence in the breakaway region, and has accused Azerbaijan of blocking humanitarian aid to civilians there. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is in New York City to attend the United Nations General Assembly and has met with wounded Ukrainian service personnel who are receiving treatment at Staten Island University Hospital. President Zelensky is expected to meet with U.S. President Joe Biden on Thursday, and military aid advocates are hoping that President Biden will take the opportunity to announce the distribution of long-awaited ATACMS long-range guided missiles to Ukraine. When asked by a journalist about the U.S.'s hesitation to provide Ukraine with ATACMS and if it was caused by fears Ukraine would use them to strike within the territory of Russia, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken responded, quote, When it comes to how Ukrainians use these systems, the targeting decisions are theirs. They're not ours. End quote. Noting that while the U.S. doesn't, quote, encourage or enable Ukrainian strikes on Russian soil with U.S. weapons, the decision is ultimately Ukraine's to make. The U.K. has officially recognized PMC Wagner Group as a terrorist organization, which makes belonging to or actively supporting the group in the U.K. a criminal offense, with a sentence of up to 14 years in prison if convicted. Let's talk military tech. Desperate to stop losing tanks, Russia has made a few modifications to the T-80BVM, including explosive reactive armor, or ERA, on the sides, anti-drone modules, and new cope cages. Some assessment. It's not clear how effective any of these modifications will be in battle, but one thing is for sure. The new cope cage dramatically raises the profile of the tank, and will put it at an even greater disadvantage when facing Western armor, which has better optics and a longer range. In the words of our research assistant Grumpy, quote, it's akin to wearing a top hat in a trench, end quote. 
The Wall Street Journal reported last week that Ukrainian military leadership expects that Ukrainian pilots could be flying F-16 fighter jets in combat missions as early as this winter. U.S. sources, however, suggest that pilots wouldn't be prepared to fly the jets until at least the middle of next year. Language courses for those who do not speak English will reportedly start in the next few weeks in San Antonio, Texas, while flight training will start in the next month or two in Tucson, Arizona. In response to the heavy emphasis placed on English language training, retired U.S. General Ben Hodges reportedly stated that, quote, they need to fly a plane, they don't need to be able to read Shakespeare, end quote, and believes that flight training could be completed in three months. The Swedish military will be evaluating the possibility of sending JAS-39 Gripen fighter jets to Ukraine. Key to the evaluation is the possible impact on Sweden's defense capabilities and how quickly the country could restock with new Gripens. Swedish media reports that Ukraine anticipates receiving up to 18 jets once the evaluation has concluded. The Russian MOD has reportedly ordered that production of T-80 tanks be resumed, possibly due to the dwindling number of T-80 tanks available relative to other types of tanks, and possibly also because many of the existing stock of T-80s in storage are the T-80UD model with diesel engines manufactured in Kharkiv which, despite Russia's best efforts, is in Ukraine. So getting replacement components is impossible. According to a report in the New York Times, Russia has overcome sanctions to the extent that it can now produce more missiles than before the start of the full-scale invasion. Scarce components are reportedly making it to Russia via an extensive smuggling network and third-party countries like Armenia and Turkey. The U.S. has provided industrial-sized 3D printers, about the size of a truck, to Ukraine, so they can print spare parts for equipment on the battlefield. Ukrainian forces have been using 3D printing independently on a much smaller scale since February 2022, but the large units will be, quote, changing the ballgame, end quote, according to U.S. Undersecretary of Defense William LaPlante. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please consider supporting our work on Substack. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with regular updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone.